Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sonic Collective. My name is Alan, and for the month of February, we reviewed The Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Joining me, I have Scott Gregory, Darren Scott, and Scott Coates, all the way from Thailand. Howdy. All right, guys. Um, yeah, Rumors. Uh, so let me just talk for a second about why I chose this album, because uh, it plays into a theory I have, and that theory is that musicians are always at their best whenever they're dealing with strife. Um, this is just kind of a personal observation I've made with bands that I liked when, uh, let's say, Trent Reznor was angsty and angry and young, he made his best music. And then when he got married and was happy, and you know, a millionaire, eh, his music was kind of shit. <laughs> and so... And I mean, that's just one example of many that I could list off. But my point is, I think when musicians are are dealing with stuff, they make good music. And in the case of Fleetwood Mac, during the entire production of this album, they were dealing with shit. Um, you know, everyone was sleeping with everybody else. And there was infidelity with band members and just just bickering and fighting and stuff. And the only time they ever got along was actually during the process in which they were making the album, whether it was songwriting or rehearsing or recording. And so this, this whole album, I think, uh, is sort of the product of that. And actually the band members would agree. So I'm going to pass this along to, uh, uh, let's say Darren, Darren, what do you think? Yeah, I, uh, I love this album. Actually, I was it was an early one when I started to get back into vinyl again. Uh, um, you know, I, I remember as a kid. I remember it more just always being on the radio, I guess. Than I, I don't think I actually owned it when I was younger, but it was just kind of there. Um, but it, it really interesting. And I didn't actually know about the the stories of kind of how they were all completely a mess uh, until I think we watched the. Um, Sound City documentary. Actually, Scott Coates is on the line. Mm. Bought that for me when Dave Grohl was making it. You could buy it early, and Scott sent me this link. And the guy in this movie, Sound City, and in that movie, they kind of did cover some of the recording. Uh, was was it Rumors actually uh, recorded there, or was that a different album? Uh, I can't remember, man. I, I know yeah. they talked about it. it. Was the first one where Stevie Nicks was brought in because he she heard Lindsey Buckingham playing in a room or something. So I, yeah, an early one. Yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, but I remember kind of from there finding out some of the stories. And yeah, you're right. I think it was, you know, for, you know the bassist, John uh, McVie and uh, Christine McVie, they were basically on the brink of divorce. Um, and apparently she was dating like a lighting dude from the, the road crew. Nice. And so they weren't even talking to each other. L Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks had just split up. So they, here they are going through like, you know, an upcoming divorce. They're like fighting like children. Um yeah, yeah, I thought it was it was crazy to know all these stories, but I, I agree that I think good music comes from kind of strife and struggle. And um, you know, I think uh, probably a year or so ago, I said when Trump came in, I'm like, hey, there's going to be some really good music in the upcoming years because you know I'm sure people will just be like rebelling and wanting to write about you know how bad the of shape the world is going to going to be in with that idiot in power. Anyway, back to to them. Um, yeah, I mean, it was full of drugs and booze, you know, probably taking somebody's. But apparently they even thought about crediting the dealer on the uh, <laughs> album, but then thought that would be a bad idea. And then apparently he got shot. He got murdered. 
part because he was a big coke dealer, but they were like coked out of their skulls. Um, yeah, Nicks would hide in, I guess, a studio that was being used by uh, Sly, Sly and the Family Stone. And she would go in there when he wasn't there and hide. But, yeah. Um, the one story I liked and was that apparently, you know, they're, they're, they're battling, but Go Your Own Way and Dreams, written by Nicks and Buckingham, were literally like dueling songs. Like, of course, as the guy, he's like, go your own way. You, you, you suck. Get out of here. And then, you know, hers is like dreams. It's like it even starts as like kind of like whiny and super emotional. And it's like, you know, thunder only happens when it's raining. You know, it's just like really sad. But it's funny just the female and male perspective of, of that. But, I mean, they're two like amazing and, and super popular songs. Um, but they literally just did it to hurt each other. Um, you know, one other stat I kind of got before I'll pass it on was I found that Stevie Nicks, apparently when she wrote her songs, they were all like 14 minutes. Anybody else come around that? Like all her songs like that she brought into the, I mean, I can't remember exactly which one she wrote, obviously, uh, uh, Dreams, um, and a few others, like they'd all be like 14, 13, you know, 12 minutes long and they would just really struggle to cut them down with her because she would never want to cut out anything. So it's just how she wrote her songs and would basically fight tooth and nail until they got it down to like a manageable level that could actually be on an album. Yeah. But in general, like, again, a big, big fan of Fleetwood Mac. So I'm going to rank them pretty high. And, and I did like this album a lot. Uh, Scott Gregory. Yeah. I, I really like this album too. My, uh, my first take on Fleetwood Mac was little lies in 87. That was kind of, I think I was, what, 12 at the time. And when I went to go look them up, this was the album that that you could find. And so this was my first full introduction into it. Um, yeah, I, it's weird for me because people always look at Buckingham and, and Stevie Nicks. I, I feel like McVie doesn't really get a lot. And maybe it's because I'm a contemporary. Like, this is 11 albums in. Uh, but but I really think that Christine is like the best singer uh, on in this group. I really like her composition. Like Songbird for me is my second favorite. Bless you, my my Rapid. second favorite um, song of all time by Fleetwood Mac. Uh, so sorry, what song? Songbird. It's the uh, the oh, one that she does with yeah, just yeah. the piano halfway through. It, it's amazing. It's just I'm spellbound every time I listen to that song uh what surprised me was secondhand news off the top when i popped that back in i was like oh my god this is horrible but i it's in the same category as sun arise by alice cooper from that previous album we reviewed the longer i listened to it the more you just yeah, right. couldn't stop humming it and the foot was tapping and stuff like that and by the end of the month i actually really like secondhand news now right like uh maybe i'm like inoculated against it now or something but but i would actually put that on a playlist and just let it ride too i it grew on me it grew on me a lot so uh i definitely what alan said right when you've got that that strife, the personal strife. There's also a lot of times tension between songwriters and singers and groups where you have like the lead guitarist who's like, hey dude, I wrote a song and then the lead singer doesn't want to sing it, right? Uh, this group is particularly interesting to me because Fleetwood Mac, they write for each other, but they also write for themselves. And, and 
no one is dependent on someone else to to get their song out there, right? Like if McVie wrote something for Nix and she didn't want to sing it, she'd be like, okay, well, screw you, then I'll sing it myself kind of thing, right? So I like that mm-hmm. that parody, that date, maybe you can call it a detente, that you knew that um, – they could do. I don't think I've ever called anything a detente. A detente. <laughs> uh, all my education was in French until high yeah. school, so I, mm. I've I called a lot of things a detente. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I really like this album. I think the the most complex song on it is the chain, uh, which is a masterpiece in itself musically. Yeah, it's yeah, layered. It's, it's intense. Uh, in my notes, I wrote, "If I smoke." I'd smoke after this song. So that's kind of my review of the chain. After? I'd be, no, you got to smoke before. I'd be a chain smoker, I guess. <laughs> I'm here all night. Uh, that's a the, dad joke. I, I will end uh, on... <laughs> He's a, uh, I am a dad now, so I can do that. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're I can do that. you got to practice. Uh, my only controversial point I will make on this uh, is that Gold Dust Woman holded it better don't at me. Scott, off to you. I have no idea what that last bit meant, but wow, okay. Um, Gold Dust yeah, Woman. Did, did you did you listen to Gold Dust Woman? Uh, yeah, um, I did. Have you yeah. you've never heard the whole version? I don't know. I've heard oh, the God. version on the album. Maybe I I just you know I don't pay super attention to lyrics. It's like I have tough oh, time. Oh man. I'm totally going to send you a link if I can find it to Hole's version of Gold Dust Woman. I am being honest when I when I say they just absolutely rock the shit out of that song. Oh, okay, okay. Um, you know, I was familiar with Fleetwood Mac. I, I'm sure I've listened to this whole album over the years, but I don't really remember. And it's one of those albums as you listen to it, you realize like half the album was singles almost, right? Like you recognize so many songs and it was great for you to provide the background along and kind of the kind of all the stuff going on behind the scenes i you know i guess i knew of it but i hadn't really thought about how many probably great albums come from times when people are upset or things aren't good in a band and it's maybe the same with artists i've heard it's the same with a lot of writers that like writers or comics do their best work when they're like depressed or in a bad mental state which is kind of weird to think like when you can hear something that's so beautiful that it could come from a group of people that are hating each other and really not wanting to come to the studio every day and play. But I mean, I think this one, it's pretty easy to maybe say as a masterpiece. I mean, you listen to the whole album and I kind of, I've said this on other um, episodes of this is that I miss the days of a flowing album, right? And this thing to me really flows. It you know, to listen to one song like Don't Stop is great. Sure, we all know that. Uh, but to listen to the songs all together in the order that they flow, it it has a journey aspect to it, right? You really feel like they're put together in a certain order for a reason. And like, even secondhand news, like I knew that song, but like, man, if I start this album and you put that on, you can't help kind of like tapping your toes and shuffling a little bit, kind of getting into it, right? And then it just, yeah, it, it's, it's a real cycle. So, I mean, there's those standout tracks to me, but I mean, it's, it's, it really is a masterpiece. I think musically, lyrically, I'm always intrigued by bands that have more than one lead singer too. That's such a unique thing to have a band that can carry a few different lead singers so yeah i'll just give it top marks i know we haven't gotten to the marks thing yet but i'll give it a just top marks on all things i mean influence my taste 
yeah, I even suppose I'm going to probably go back and listen to a few other Fleetwood Mac albums that I know the singles, but I've not listened to the whole thing. But just what a weird dynamic band, one where the drummer is kind of one of the leaders. And I actually think one of the things about Fleetwood Mac that might have caused them problems is it seems like there's too many leaders. Like you've got like four people mm -hmm. in the band, arguably, who all could be their own band leader of a band, right? And that must be really tough when you're trying to, you know, decide who's the boss at a certain point. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, and if, and if nobody took charge, it would just they would just eat at each other. I'm sure. Yeah, that's or if too many people are, it's like too many cooks in the kitchen. So it's it's kind of, I mean, you think of just any of them could be their own band leader. So yeah, I I mean, I really enjoyed listening to the whole album again. Like, love the singles, but the whole album together is 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 really fantastic, and it's such a great '70s album. So I think anyone interested in like. 70s rock it doesn't sound rock or hard nowadays and you even think of like imagining fleetwood or some of these people being heavy drug addicts i'm always like i associate that with really heavy metal but then it's like kind of it's just a couple steps away from like david crosby crosby stills nash and young kind of music right like it's just sort of that similar time period and feel so yeah great pick great album i think anyone interested in music uh you got to listen to this album it's a masterpiece yeah great. hello yeah. Yeah, totally. I 100% agree. Um, I had really only ever heard the singles on this album and listening to the entire thing kind of front to back, um, you know, without hitting randomize, I really grew to appreciate it as sort of this full composition. And so it really did uh, not only live up to my expectations, but far and away exceeded them. Uh, I just, I didn't really know what to expect because even the singles have, have a different vibe. Like every song almost sounds differently. You know, like one track might be sort of bluegrass and another track's really rock and roll. Another track might be funky and then they hit you right in the feels with Songbird. Yep. That's what that song's called, right? Songbird? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Scott Gregory, I have to agree. I think the chain is just a, a really, really awesome track. I mean, if you only listen to one track off this album, make it the chain. Uh, I, lo I love that bass line. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I, I would strongly recommend this album to anybody, and I think I'm going to score it high points. Let's get into the points, though. Uh, Scott Coates, quantify for us. Uh, yeah, you know, um, sorry, just before I do that, I, I've just called up on Wikipedia, great Wikipedia page on this. And and by the way, thanks for exploring the history. I think that's one of the really cool things about this group is when we kind of dig into the background, because the album means so much more when you know the background. But if you look at the writers, like literally like Buckingham, Nick's Buckingham, McVie, yep. like they all have writing credits, right? So you were saying every song's different. Like, I guess it's not a surprise, right? You got all these people, masters bringing songs. So, you know, I'll, I mean, influence my tastes. I, I got to give it a four now, I think, because, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested uh, more in listening to more Fleetwood Mac and even more, like, I think I'm now going to listen to a bit of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which I've heard the singles, but I'm kind of interested in that softer 70s. Would I recommend it? Absolute four. Like, yeah, I totally recommend this to anyone. Um, I can't even remember what the other categories are now, but yeah, I'll give this four. Sorry, overall. overall, I'll give it full marks for all the way across. I just, everything about it's great. 
Oh, full marks is five, though. Really full marks is five, then. I'm going to go up from four, and I'm going to go five <laughs> to er- on every category. So I just think it, it's influential, totally worth recommending. Um, yeah, just overall enjoyed it. Fantastic album. Darren. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I also really liked it. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to quite go just natural fives, although I, I, I love it. I think uh, just for me, it's more of a personal thing, but I am really close. Uh, for influence, like I said, I just they didn't quite grab me when I was uh, at that age, but I'll give that a four for me. Recommend, I was, I'm a four and a half, you know. Yeah, I probably should just do a five there, to be honest. And four and a half overall. Like, it is, it's it's pretty darn near close to perfection. I think the only reason I'm dinging it, it's just a little you know, softer for me. And I just didn't grab me when I was younger, but that's the only difference. I, it's, it's an amazing. Yeah. I'd, I'd go a four as Mr. far Gregor? as, um, uh, influence, uh, probably quality as well too. I love the songs individually, but rating it as an album, there's something about Fleetwood Mac that as much as I love the, the diversity in it, it also just feels disjointed on some levels as an album. One of its strengths is also its weakness based on how we categorize things here. It It is a little all over the place, but that is also one of its strengths. So uh, make of that what you will as far as my scoring goes. Uh, you know, like it's a great collection of songs, but <laughs> right. it's a little disjointed as an album. But with that in mind, I it's definitely a five. I mean... It, it's recommend? almost a dozen songs into their career, and I think this is the apex of it. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, if, I'm changing if you're going to listen to one Fleetwood Mac album, <laughs> this is the one. Uh, I tend to not like the songs by Buckingham, sorry, yeah. but my two favorite songs by him are on this album. My second favorite McVie song is on here uh and none of those well i guess one of those is a single so you just have to listen to this whether you're interested in the 70s or you're interested in fleetwood mac uh it ranks almost at the top in both categories so you have to listen to it uh great collection of songs alan yeah i 100 percent agree um especially with that analysis that it's it's sort of a disjointed album. And from my perspective, I think that is sort of a strength because if you are into one song but not so much another, it still kind of prompts you to explore what else they have to offer. Because like uh, a few of us have touched on, the songs kind of sound different from track to track. And that is a strength. So I would give this a solid five uh, from a recommendation, I would give it fives all around. Actually, it it kind of blew me away how much yeah. I uh, I enjoyed and appreciated this album, and it sort of it's it's cool because it kind of cements my theory a little bit about the whole strife in artistry thing. So uh, I'm I'm a happy camper with this album for sure, and a number of these tracks are are going into my permanent playlist, which for me is always a sign of uh, of quality you know Abba had a lot of strife too i'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna fight you (laughs) don't get me started 
<laughs> That's why I had to go uh, crazy on next week. We usually record this before our pick, but we are a few days uh, late this month, so I've already picked uh, uh, mine, which is Kendrick Lamar. I'm so I'll say how the guys like that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. My apologies for uh, cool being late. All right, Alan, take us out. All right. Well, yeah, uh, you heard it here. Darren's pick is next, and it's actually already live on the website. So go to thesoniccollective.com to catch that. As he mentioned, it's uh, it's Kendrick Lamar. And I'm going to <gasps> hypothesize that this one could be a divisive album review. Uh, but But we'll find out next month. So until then... SonicCollective.com. You can catch us on Twitter and SoundCloud and all of that fun stuff, Facebook. And until then, we bid you adieu. Thank you so much for listening. You can go your own way.